I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. And I'm Ian Fitzpatrick, and this is World Footprints. I really do think that there's way more of an emphasis on me being Black and American, uh, like a Black American. I think that's one thing that always sticks out. But then also just my size, like my weight. It depends on what the, how developed a country is, where I feel like the less developed or underdeveloped a country is, the more the curiosity of my size comes into play, where kids are like staring and they're like, hey, who is that guy? Like, I think I get more of that then. There's times even being in, in Africa where you being a certain size, like looks like you are wealthy mm-hmm. uh, because they're like, wow, you never get sick. Like you, you, you look this way because you can eat well, meaning that you have money for food, and then you don't have to go to the doctors because you you never get sick. So there's multiple layers to. It just depends on the country I'm in, but a lot of times it definitely comes back down to my to my ethnicity and my hair. That's Jeff Jenkins of the award-winning travel blog Chubby Diaries. Jeff's experience as a traveler of size is inspiring a community overlooked in the travel space and educating a broader community of travelers and the industry to respect and accommodate travelers just like him. Jeff, like so many of our guests, is an avid traveler who is creating an awareness in the travel community for plus-size travelers. And, as he likes to say, Chubby Diaries is authentically redefining what it looks like to travel. Recognized by Lonely Planet as a Diversity Award winner, Jeff, through Chubby Diaries, has created an online community for plus-size travelers who are passionate about seeing the world, experiencing new foods, and learning clever hacks along the way. Here's our conversation with Jeff Jenkins. Jeff Jenkins, thank you so much for joining us on World Footprints today. I'm so glad to be here. Hey, so listen, you run a a travel blog site called Chubby Diaries. Give us the backstory to Chubby Diaries. Chubby Diaries was birthed out of me seeing a lack of representation for plus-size people. A lot of times when I get on Instagram or look at magazines, the main people that I would see are just like fit skinnier people and it was not until me and my wife went on a trip together and we got on the airplane I don't even remember like what the conversation was about like the middle seat or something like that and I was like hey you don't think about that and then she was like no I never think about that and it was more so about like there being like a size restriction so then I started asking her questions like do you think about weight like weight restrictions and anything like that she was like no never And I said, oh, my gosh, I don't even think like, wow, I didn't know that you thought you did not think of this stuff. And so it got me to just asking a lot of questions and started asking other people who were plus size, like, hey, are these things that y'all think about? And they were like, yes. And so like that's how Chubby Diaries is like formed. I, I realized there was a need. And so I wanted to meet that need. How long have you been running the website? Just a little over two years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was a high school choir teacher for nine years before I quit thinking I was going to go do uh, ministry work. But I ended up going on a mission trip. And when I went to go build gardens in Kajeo, Rwanda, 
I came back with my friends that were on the trip too. And we was like, hey, these people need water. And so not being engineers, not knowing how water came out of the ground, we figured out how to do it and we started a water well project. But while we were building those water wells in Rwanda, when we went back, I just remember looking out and Rwanda is considered the, the land of a thousand hills. And it's these beautiful, like large hills in Rwanda. You could just see out. And I remember just saying to myself then that like, wow, I was like, I want to travel the world, help people and get paid to do it. And so like, that's even how I even got the thought to, to go into travel blogging and travel writing. Wow. So it, that's the first time the travel bug really hit you was the mission trip to uh, Rwanda? No, no, no. The travel bug hit me. I was traveling. I was always the friend who traveled. So I started traveling maybe 16, 17 years ago internationally. But even as a kid, we used to do a lot of domestic trips. But internationally, that that's when I, I went to Japan back in 05. And I, I caught the travel bug then. Now you've mentioned some of your international travels and this travel bug catching you early. Through those experiences abroad, do you think as you reflect upon it that people have been more interested in you because of your your size, your hair, your race? What have you taken away from those experiences in terms of people's curiosity? And that's interesting because I've asked myself this question a lot. I just got hair. So uh, <laughs> it wasn't until recently that I, I like just grew my hair out over the past couple of years, few years now. I really do think that there's way more of an emphasis on me being black and American, uh, mm-hmm. like a black American. I think that's one thing that always sticks out. But then also just my size, like my weight. It depends on what the how developed a country is where I feel like the less developed or underdeveloped a country is, the more the curiosity of my size comes into play where kids are like staring and they're like, hey, who is that guy? Like, I think I get more of that then. There's times even being in in Africa where you being a certain size, like looks like you are wealthy Mm -hmm. uh, because they're like, wow, you never get sick. Like you, you, you look this way because you can eat well, meaning that you have money for food and then you don't have to go to the doctors because you're not, you never get sick. So there's multiple layers to, it just depends on the country I'm in. But a lot of times it definitely comes back down to my, to my ethnicity and my hair. Now, I know you've traveled to Japan and there you've been held in a slightly different esteem, I'm sure. Yes, yes. And I, and I remember talking about this in an article I did for, um, I don't know who I wrote for. I wrote it for somebody. And I, rem- I remember right at the beginning, the first thing I mentioned was I was compared to a sumo wrestler mm-hmm. uh, one of the first times I got to Japan. And I was at first like taken back by it. And I realized that like sumo wrestlers are athletes in Japan and they get treated like with the utmost respect. They have this, this reverence for sumo wrestlers in Japan. So I was like, Hey, I felt honored at that time. Once I learned uh, more about the culture of sumo wrestlers. 
So Jim, I want to ask you about a language. Certainly there's been a lot of uh, sensitivity about how we talk to other people, how we address other people or describe other people. When I, you know, when we introduced you, we said you're plus size traveler. And I don't, I don't use any F words, as you know, <laughs> or a little yeah. conversation. I, I'm against F words, but what is the most appropriate way to describe people of a larger stature? You were so close to what I've been hearing lately, and that's been people of size. I've been hearing that one a lot now. There is a fat liberation movement going now to where people are like, yeah, I'm fat. Let's just call it what it is. And we're okay with that to where we're like destigmatizing the word or disarming the word by just using the word fat. I can tell you when I go to other countries, that's all they know. They don't, they don't know how to say plus size. <laughs> they go straight to the fat. I just uh, did got an award for Travel's Best for Lonely Planet a couple of weeks ago uh, for Team awesome. 21. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it was the, one of the first in that category. But since they're not traveling as much and doing a lot of destinations, they decided to do people. And I won their diversity or the diverse storyteller award. The crazy thing is, is that Chinese, they have it in so many different translations and like their different areas, their regions feature the same stories. And so I saw the Chinese version of it, of the story, and mm. they just they just wrote that. Like there was no other thing there. So I thought it was funny. I did. I thought it was amusing. <laughs> You know, when I was in China and I, yeah, as you said that, I, I, I saw the symbols that they wrote with because I, I lived in China for a little bit. When I first moved there, you know, I'm not a size two, not a large person either, but larger than the average Chinese person. And I remember being followed around in department stores trying to try on outfits and they would stand outside of my dressing room and wait for me to come out. And, and, uh, and I know that they followed me either to see if I could fit mm -hmm. um, in the clothing or maybe just out of sheer curiosity. I, I, Asian countries are, are very interesting that way. Yeah, they definitely are. And uh, I tell people, even in my community, just don't even expect to travel or shop when you go to these Asian countries. It's like that for even people who aren't plus size going to some Asian countries mm -hmm. uh, because a medium is an extra large or, or 2X in, in some of these Asian countries. So the sizes are different. <laughs> for sure. Now, one of the things about your blog is that you've had a chance to touch on issues, almost advocacy issues that speak to things that have to change in the travel industry. We've heard the stories about airline policies and, you know, things like that. What have been some of the issues and some of the challenges that you've dealt with that you feel have to be brought forth in order to help improve everyone's consciousness about this, whether it's from travel suppliers to just travelers that you even mentioned your wife and some of the things that she didn't even think about? I will start there first. I love the fact that I get the opportunity of actually just bringing it to people's forefront. Like people just didn't know about it. Like they don't think about it. Like it's just like, this is how everybody does it, right? And it's like, no, it's not. And so with that, I would say us continue to talk about the lack of accessibility 
uh, and accommodations uh, for plus size people. As we all know that we're all in this global pandemic right now and travel is being hit hard. The one thing that I'm even trying to show people is that statistically, Americans, people all over the world actually are getting bigger. It's just statistically happening. Even a lot of the excursions and like the way that they are measuring the dimensions have been from more so like early 1900s and so on and not like this time. Now remeasuring stuff, figuring out innovative ways to accommodate so that more people can do it. And the reason I even brought up the pandemic was in saying that we were getting hit hard is because there actually is. I did an individual study with people from my audience and 86% of the people, the question was, if you went to a place and they met your needs and everything was accessible, would you take an extra trip? And 86% of them said yes. And so that just shows you right then that there's money to be made in the travel industry and it's a whole market of people who are not actually being tapped into. And so um, the more that we can like work on the excursions, because I, I think the excursions would be something that you can work on quickly because sometimes it's the plane. I know that planes still have regulations and things like that. And you almost have to go to court to just get some of those things changed. But even if people get on the train or the planes, sometimes they're just stuck to doing just walking around because some of these excursions don't actually fit them. And so I, I really do believe that if tour operators found ways to make um, zip lines hold more weight, which they can. I watched a TV show and it was about Burke, the, the stuff that grows on trees. Mm-hmm. And they chopped that off and those things can weigh over a ton. And they use zip lines to take them from the top of a hill down to a truck. And I'm like, well, we're not as big as, as, as these Burke, like these things. So I'm like, I know that there's ways to accommodate for plus size people. And so we just have to be innovative and get out of some of our old practices. And also just out of the stigma of like who these people are. Because at the end of the day, like we're human. And I met with it yeah. and Zach, uh, and he was kind of mentoring me we went to to get drinks and he sat there and he's an older man in his 70s. He sat there and started crying uh, right in front of me, got very emotional and like tears started coming out. And he said, Jeff, I want you to know this. He said, this whole time I've been traveling all over the world. My, my company would take me here, take me there. I'm always on planes. And I would see a plus size person get on a plane. And all I kept thinking about was myself and how uncomfortable I probably could be being on this plane. And not once did I ever think about how uncomfortable the plus size person would be. And he said that tore him up inside. And I was saying, he was like, yeah, I was I was like, shame on you. Or I wasn't even thinking of people as humans at, at some point. And so I thought that was really impactful. And the more I keep sharing these stories, the more I keep trying to tell people, like I'm not here to, to promote obesity. My biggest thing is to get people out there to live life now. Like if you're trying to get to your your ideal weight size, that could take you years from now. And do you just sit there and not do anything? So I'm trying to get people where they're at, talk to them where they're at and say, hey, you can do this. And then I'm going to work as hard as I can to get these brands and the rest of the industry to to jump on and, and make things more accommodating for you and accessible for you. 
This is the award-winning World Footprints podcast with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick. World Footprints connects you to the world through powerful storytelling that uncovers the full narrative of our cultural and human experiences. Travel deeper by visiting our website, worldfootprints.com, and make sure you sign up for our newsletter and receive a special gift we have just for subscribers. Here's more of our conversation with award-winning travel blogger Jeff Jenkins of Chubby Diaries. Jeff brings fresh perspectives about travelers of size to help make travel more accommodating for plus-size people. I want to ask you, you know, specifically, I, I, we all knew and know that the airlines are well behind the, uh, the eight ball when it yeah. comes to accessibility for many people. Correct. Um, you know, even someone, I'm five foot four and it's uncomfortable for me, you know, in an airline seat. So we, we already knew that. Um, I didn't even think about zip lines uh, until you mentioned it. But what are some of the other industry failings for plus sized travelers right now? Hotel rooms? I mean, speaking of hotels, I think like the rooms for the most part are fine, unless you go to like some European places and even some Asian places to where there's like super small bathrooms. But uh, I definitely know if you look around, you can find like larger bathrooms, but you just have to do your research. And that's what I usually tell my audience when it comes down to like bathrooms, but robes. Like if you go to a nicer hotel and it's that one size fit off robe, I can tell you now, I can't fit any of those robes. I've never mm-hmm. been able to fit any of those robes. I've been mm-hmm. a big guy my whole life. So even when I played football, like it was, I just never could fit these robes. So, and I, I always challenge this and I say this and I've said it a couple of times to multiple hotel brands. Like, hey, do y'all know if y'all just added a couple of extra, like larger size robes to your, in, um, what's the word for Inventory. It? Uh, yeah, inventory. Mm-hmm. If you add it to your inventory, if a plus size person is there in the hotel and like, hey, I would like to get one of your robes, people would flock to that hotel to just stay at that hotel because they know that y'all had uh, robes in their size. And that that's just a few extra dollars yeah. from, from the price of the robe that you paid for already. There's that. Oh, and then just media. I would say just even the travel media, the, the only people that you do see are these fit a lot of times white people and like there's no larger bodies uh, or even average size by like, well, average size actually is plus size, but the quote unquote average Joe body mm-hmm. uh, is not just these like super physique. We're in the bikinis, half naked kind of pictures. Uh, I really do think that that's the image that is has been going around in in the industry for a long time. And I really do feel like there should be representation, not just for plus size people, for other people who have uh, any disabilities and things like that as well, because we're here. Like we're the people that are traveling. Right. So, you mentioned that you've played football and so you've just been used to being who you are and your size has advantaged you in some areas like I could never play football as a defensive lineman. Right. Speaking to just going after life and you have an adventurous spirit and that's never seemed to hold you back. What would you say to someone who looks at their life and says, I don't think I can do this right now, or I'm not comfortable traveling because of how I think others might look at me and perceive me. 
What would you say to that person? That's always a hard question. A lot of times, get out of your own head. That's all I can really say when it comes down to it. And I, and I love the fact that like Instagram and uh, even when I do these videos, it's so much better to just show people than it is to tell them because there are so many times, oh, y'all yeah, don't know how many times. It wasn't even just plus size people, but I thought my niche at one point was going to be like black travel, but there were so many people in that category already that I was like, ah, I'm gonna go towards something else. I know that more black people are traveling around the world now because of Instagram. People are now being able to see themselves represented, see themselves going to Bali, going to Thailand, going to China, going to Europe, going to South America, and now in Africa. Now they're seeing themselves there and like, oh, okay, that's what he did. Okay, he came back. He's okay. He's not dead. Like some people really have those fears about even just doing that. So even for me getting on planes, just showing people that I'm on the plane, hey, I'm on the plane. Look at the seat. Look how it looks. Like, it's not that bad. Like, if I'm in economy, it's not that bad. And if you do it right and you get your own seat and things like that, I always, I give like tips and tricks when it comes down to economy flying. Or if you just want to go sit in economy plus or sit in uh, first class, that's also a great thing. I've, I'm now teaching uh, plus size people how to use their credit card points because the target audience that I have, their household medium is over $51,000. So they do have credit cards. And I was like, well, hey, use your credit cards to upgrade your, your seat. And that really does help as well to make to bring that cost down. But to be able to show people does so much better than me just using my words mm-hmm. a lot of times. I'm glad, Jeff, that you know, you've not let any perceived limitations that you have hold you back from from traveling. But we know other people do. And, you Uh, know, whether it's their physical stature or physical limitations, you know, they they will hold themselves back from traveling. So thank you for what you're doing and showing that travel is a, a privilege that we can all enjoy. Really, it's a right. I wanted to mention that even in that, I realized, and, and I've done so much introspecting, I've been like really just thinking so much. I realized that the destination like beats out all my fears or anxiety that I might have about how I'm getting there. Like me going to Japan or me sitting at the beach in, in Thailand, oh my gosh. Like I have that in my brain, like yes, <laughs> I'd rather do that. So hey, if I got to put myself in an uncomfortable position for however long, seven, eight hours on this plane, I'm going to do it because I know the reward is going to be great. And so I think that also helps too. So keep that in mind too, y'all. The destination sometimes can be your your biggest win. And that's the thing that gets you the motivator to get you there. Absolutely. Before we let you go, we have a couple of questions. And one is, you know, we are, we're both travel journalists. Yes. How have you adjusted to this mandatory pause we're experiencing? Because I'm dying. I'm just, I'll be honest, I'm dying. <laughs> I don't think this is on video or y'all won't see it on video, but I'm like shaking my head right now and smiling because it has been one little roller coaster ride after the next. And honestly, I wasn't, I haven't been trying to think about it. I've just been trying to stay productive. But every time I think about it, I was like, oh, like it really, 
it really affects me. And it's like, hey, what kind of content do I put out? Uh, since I'm not doing as much traveling as before. So now it's, it's honestly pushing some uh, boundaries of my creativity and what I do uh, mm-hmm. and finding other ways to still be able to talk to my audience and uh, be able to continue to engage with them. But it's still a lot. It's hard. It's definitely hard. Now, one of those ways I understand you are engaging with your audience is with the podcast. Tell us about that. It's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. So we're going to start with uh, these IG Lives, Instagram Lives, and I'm going to record them on Instagram Lives and then make them into podcasts. But we're calling them uh, Chubby Diaries Inspires or Inspire, hashtag Inspire 2021. And it's all about prepping people and getting people prepared for 2021 in business, with blogging, travel journalism, a lot of other things, being being creative and, and things like that. So I'm trying to make sure that I am doing my due diligence of being able to invest in the people and the people that I'm bringing on, I know for a fact are heavy hitters and they are going to be dropping some gems and knowledge to prep people for 2021. We'll make sure we get a link so we can include that on our sh- uh, your show page. Last question before we uh, we close out. If you could choose anyone to sit next to on a long haul flight, past or present, who would that be and why? Hmm. You know what? Me and you, me and you just met earlier today. I really do think I could sit there with, with Gary Vanderchuk. Right now in this season, like if right now, if I, I need, had to jump on a plane and do that long haul, it'll probably be Gary right now because I want to meet with him right now. <laughs> Just make sure there's no children nearby. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> he says he knows how to turn it off. So, hey, baby. <laughs> oh, well, Jeff, thank you so much for, for joining us, for sharing. We look forward to your insights and your podcast and uh, certainly continuing our conversation. Thank y'all so much. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. One of the things I love about what we're doing with World Footprints is the conversations that we are creating. As a traveler, I would not have thought for a moment about some of the issues that someone like Jeff and, and other plus size travelers experience during their travels. It really took me aback to think about even uh, zip lining, which is something we have done. You know, I didn't even think that the weight of the zip line, it would be of concern to other travelers. I appreciate what Jeff is doing with his blog, Chubby Diaries, and embracing this mantra of plus size travelers being able to embrace the world and not looking at them as any different than any other travelers. But I appreciate how he's helping everyone understand and appreciate some of the issues and concerns that people like him and other plus size travelers face. And it's just one of these things just that You know, when you start to have a consciousness about something, it helps you look at the world a lot differently. And I certainly will look at the world a lot differently because of the conversation we had with Jeff. And I really appreciate what he shared with us. And so, like with anything, we can only grow and learn and take heed from uh, those who are experiencing things that we may not necessarily know about, but certainly should appreciate 
that other people are having a much different experience out there when it comes to travel. Right. And, you know, as you mentioned, looking at the world and, and other travelers very differently. And I think part of that difference is also looking at people with a greater sense of compassion and empathy, which I think is very key to the travel community. In closing, we'd like to leave you with these words from Neil Donald Walsh, a contemporary spiritual writer and speaker. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. That is one of my favorite quotes, so let that sit with you for a second. We're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we're so honored that you chose to take this adventure with us. Thank you for spending time and allowing us to connect you to the world through the stories we share on World Footprints. This World Footprints podcast with Ian and Tonya Fitzpatrick is a production of World Footprints, LLC, Silver Spring, Maryland. The multi-award winning podcast is available on worldfootprints.com and on audio platforms worldwide, including iHeartRadio, Public Radio Exchange, iTunes and Stitcher. Connect with the world one story at a time with World Footprints. Visit worldfootprints.com to enjoy more podcasts and explore hundreds of articles from international travel writers. And be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. World Footprints is a trademark of World Footprints LLC, which retains all rights to the World Footprints portfolio, including worldfootprints.com and this podcast.